Hello everyone, this is Trevor, and joined here by Caden, and today we're going to be talking about the wild card win the Detroit Lions had over the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card weekend that we just witnessed, which was full of garbage. It had awful games across the board. Uh, the Pittsburgh and Buffalo game was decent until halftime, and then the yeah. Bills pulled away, but the Rams versus the Lions is going to be a playoff game that I think a lot of people are going to remember for a long time, not only because of Matthew Stafford's warrior-like performance, getting knocked down, hand torn up, and just delivering every angle type of throw that you could think of, no-look passes, sidearms. He's a warrior, and he really did want to win this game, and you could tell. You you could just tell. Puka Nakua had a legendary performance on our pretty awful backfield of a defense, but we've let that happen multiple times this year. Uh, even Justin Jefferson in the final game of the year put up 198 yards on us. We still won by 10 points. Yeah, This was different. This yeah. was Matthew Stafford. Yeah, This was Puka Nakua. This was Sean McVay. They came in, and they honestly were one of the best teams in the playoff racket. They really were. They were probably the hottest team in football since week 11, if you look at the numbers. Um, Matthew Stafford, again, I can't say enough about what they were able to accomplish on offense and what performances they put up. Uh, but they, the Lions minimized the rushing game. Uh, 13 rushes for only 60 yards by Kyron Williams, a guy that was electric all year long. But kind of and he got, had some good runs here he, and there. No, he had good runs, good. but collectively they just yeah. weren't what you were atoned to, you were used yeah. to throughout the year with the Rams. Um, but getting into the Detroit Lions performance real quick, um, and then Caden, I'll let you go and give your whole thought process on the game. But the Lions defense... The front seven played really well. We did what we needed to do against the run. We created pressure. We knocked Stafford on his ass. No turnovers, though, regarding picks or anything like that. But at the end of the day, um, what really helped us win the game was Aiden Hutchinson forcing mm-hmm. the forcing that sack yeah. um, in the fourth quarter. And then they elected to uh, not take the penalty. Dan Campbell didn't take the penalty. So it went to third and 14, made him retry. And that's essentially what ha- made him punt. Yeah. Give give the Lions back the ball. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, he's been phenomenal. This year he's been phenomenal. Mid-season I was a little worried. He was a little absent in the sense of on-field presence in my in my eyes. But he's turned on something. That he's going to be a star. Yeah, la- the last couple weeks, like the last four or five weeks, we're looking at a different player than the last you know ten weeks. Yeah, I agree. And you know the backfield for us, Cam Sutton and Vildor, they, they had a horrible game. Um, but two guys that stepped up, Kirby Joseph and Brian Branch, because those guys were on Cooper Cup. The guy only had like four catches for less than 50 yards. Mm-hmm. He was absent. We took him out of the equation. We knew that one of them was going to go ham. At least Aaron Glenn did. And I'm going to yeah. say this about him. I've been calling for this guy's job quite often over the past three years because of this, because of performances like this. But I'm not going to lie, even though Puka Nakua put up great numbers, Stafford still did what he did. It's because Stafford is Stafford and Nakua yeah. is Nakua. It's not because Aaron Glenn called a shitty defense. He actually yeah. came out with really yeah. good adjustments, good mm-hmm. blitz packages, good pressure packages for our front seven. Derek Barnes had one hell of a game. i got to give him props. A, fir- a second-round pick a couple years ago with Brad Holmes' first draft with the team, and he's just been great. He's yeah. just been great with us, Brad. I think, I think most, of the, most of the big yard plays are... Most of the plays where the Rams did really well in, it was more of a situation of my guy's better than your guy, and I know it. And it was on Cam Sutton yeah. or Vildor. Mm-hmm. They targeted and picked them apart all day, but 
the real story of this game, and this was the real story going into the game, I didn't really care what anyone told me, this was a legacy game for Jared Goff. Absolutely 100. No, Stafford, in my opinion, he won his ring. First year with yeah. that team. He, he he solidified first ballot but, Hall of Famer. Look is, at the numbers. No, but Look this at is the, just for, this is a culture game. Storyline, big significance yeah. for Matthew Stafford. But legacy-wise, it's not going to hurt yeah. his career. Yeah, legacy-wise, yeah, if yeah. Jared lost that game, bro, he's not getting a contract extension. He's going into his final year and playing it out. Yeah. And they're going to ship him out. Yeah. This, this showed them no, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And let me tell you why. This is my main reason why... You, everyone needs to genuinely put respect on this man's name once and for all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys that you know from Detroit media I was watching, they tweeted out, I will never say anything bad about Jared Goff again. He brought me my first playoff win in my mm-hmm. lifetime. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what Jared Goff does. Yeah. And but it's always in the third year as well. It is. I sa- I've been saying this, bro. Mm-hmm. I've been saying this. Either the third college year. or Rams or Lions. And if he goes to the Super Bowl here, bro, it could be nuts. But this is the main reason why... They won the game, truthfully. Jared Goff completed all 21 of his passes when he was not pressured for 266 yards and a touchdown, the second most non-pressured passes without an incompletion in a game since 2018. Mm. Goff had a 0.3% chance of completing all 21 passes. That's a 1 in 372 odds. That's insane. So, you know, no one expected that. Yeah. And especially when Josh Reynolds set a Lions record in the first quarter. The first Lions receiver ever to put up over 75 receiving yards in the first quarter of a playoff game. Not a hard record to set, but Josh Reynolds, another revenge game for for him. He played for the Rams as well. Him and Jared. I mean, they go back, bro. And and then just pregame. Pregame, like, I I was worried, bro. Trust me, I was worried about this game. I was scared, you know, because Stafford coming back to Ford. That's the storyline that could send headlines across the nation. Oh, he finally won at Ford. Detroit went home. Yeah. Stafford, all this, all that, whatever. But pregame, when I heard the entire stadium chanting Jared Goff. And booing Matt Stafford. And booing Stafford yeah. and his wife and children as they entered their <laughs> press box. I, I knew. I knew that the Lions were going to win. I just did. Amon Ross St. Brown had a quiet seven catches for 110 yards. Sam Laporta, another touchdown. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs, touchdown. Our oh rookies yes. making impact here, there, left, right, all over the fucking Defense place. Defense and offense. Yeah, absolutely. Jack Campbell had some good tackles in the game, too. Right, I'd right. like to see more out of Jack Campbell, though, because he has that in it. I know he's not a rookie, but, you know, Kirby. Kirby, uh, oh, Joseph. I know he, people are calling him dirty, but because yeah. he did in the span of four weeks, he did tear two ACLs, one TJ Hawkinson and one Tyler Higby. So people are calling for him to be legitimately banned from the game. But you see, uh, just put this into perspective real quick. You're 190 pounds, and yeah. you got to take down a guy that's 240. Yeah. And honestly, blame Stafford for that throw. That was a hospital ball, it a tight was. end. Yeah. You got to go low. You got to go. That's the game. Gronk never complained. Dude, there was 80 ACL-threatening injuries for Gronk, and the man just threw a man out, like threw a man off of him and scored. But no, but that's what I'm saying, though. We can't always blame the hit. The the defensive players are defenseless. Like, offense, you have all the protection. Like, the the quarterback needs to... It's a hospital ball, you have no protection. You you don't, but at the same time, you shouldn't be calling for a player to be banned. He went low because that's a tactical way to bring down a guy bigger than you. Mm. Go for the legs. Yeah. 
And he went really low. It's not like he went for a... He didn't go for the knee. Yeah. He went, like, for the shin. I hit his knee, though. Pardon? He hit his knee, though. He did. But, like, it was mainly because the impact on his shin. Yeah. It, it literally jolted his whole leg inward. And it, it potentially tore his ACL. They're, they're still confirming that. Um, but I... You know, I, I don't want to say Kirby is dirty, but he had one hell of a fucking game. Kirby is... He's, he's a lion, bro. And yeah. Dan Campbell was asked about the hit, actually, and his only response was, we hit. Did you see what uh, Anselm was saying in the comment section? What did he say? Bro, he had, like, I shit you not, like a multi-paragraph essay with some random-ass dude, bro. About well, I mean, whether or not it was a dirty hit. And Anselm was like, that's how they tell us to tackle. You fucking go low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And it, that's all Anselm said? It, Talking paragraphs. Oh, he responded with paragraphs. No, there was multiple paragraphs sent like. Oh, they back were fighting. Yeah. Yes, I was like, I've never seen an NFL player or any sort of celebrity interact with a random ass dude like this before, bro. It was like he was wasting his time. Yeah, but he's also defending his teammate. I get it, but at the end of the day, though, like one team won, one team lost. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff. I mean, getting the game ball as well as Brad Holmes. Both guys came from the Rams. Brad Holmes drafted Jared. He res- he's resurrected his career here, bro. I mean, for sure, having a probably this is his best season, even though he went to this, the Super Bowl, excuse me, but collectively with what he's achieved. Yeah. I mean, bringing a playoff win to a team that's had a drought for over 30 years, that's pretty significant. And that, honestly, that moment, that game, that will never be forgotten. And that's honestly, like, as a Jared Goff fan, made me tear up a little bit because I'm like, this is what I've wanted for him. You know, I know he was a the NFC championship. Uh, he won the NFC championship. Mm. I know we went to the Super Bowl and I know yeah. those are big accolades, but in terms of something being special, th- th- this was, you know, mm. in my opinion. I-, I know he had the ninth ranked highest scoring offense with the Rams in 2018, 33 and a half points a game. But this, this was this something. Feel, it feels right. You know it, I mean? it does. It feels right. Like, even when they were in the Super Bowl, it just didn't feel right. It didn't, but it was also Brady Belichick versus. Yeah. You know, a, a young, you know, a California kid. Mm. You know, and that's what everyone genuinely thought. McVeigh and, and Goff. Yeah, no, you can't always blame it on Goff. If Brandon Cooks caught both of those touchdown passes, we're talking about a different Goff here. Yeah. A Goff that stays in L.A. But, I mean, in terms of storyline, in terms of legacy, he he delivered. You know, going 22 of 27, only incompleting five passes on the game. I mean, that's insane, you know, and especially against a Sean McVay coached Aaron Donald led defense. I I mean, that alone, people aren't giving that enough like storyline and praise. But I I mean, we're going to definitely see because, you know, we'll talk about our predictions of the upcoming game against Tampa in the uh, divisional. But uh, Caden, I want you to take a second. I know you haven't been on a Lions episode in a minute. Talk about the season. Talk about the Lions game versus the Rams. Give us your breakdown. I'll give you a few minutes here. Yeah, like you said, this was a good storyline game. And you know, I've been on a lot of Detroit Lions episode as of late. But uh, you know, been on been on some other grinds, been been doing a little a little other research on some other teams and and been doing my thing with the Ace of Milan episodes and you know, trying trying to make my own thing. But uh we still in this bitch. Quote unquote Jeezy. You know what I mean? And uh Jeezy indeed. So going into this game, I, I I did have to walk in here with a chip on my shoulder as a, as a Detroit Lions fan, knowing this game was going to be a rough one. But you know, after such a good regular season, you know, going into the playoffs on fire, flying into the playoffs, there was no better feeling than 
even even pregame, post game it was amazing, but even pregame, so pumped for what what what's gonna be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And after it was what was. You know what I mean? It was fire. It was yeah. It it, it really was fire. And a one but, point game, a yeah, nail biter. You really really couldn't write it any better than that. Uh, other than us winning by like eighty points, that that would have been pretty nice. Would have been, yeah. But yeah. I liked this game a exactly. lot better. Exactly, yeah. It was amazing. There's some some beautiful about a football game like that. You know, you, you gotta love the the beauty of the game, and this is one of those games that kind of just popped out. You see, you know, the the beauty of of Stafford. Like Stafford played his fucking mind. He played out of his mind. He played his heart out. Three hundred sixty-seven passing yards, like twenty-five of thirty-six, three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean. Couldn't ask no, more. two touchdowns, if, I think. If you're the Rams, you can't ask more from Stafford from that game. No. There's nothing that he could have done more to win that game. Again. It was their defense, and then the red zone yeah. offense was horrible. They were yeah. 0 for 3. Yeah. So the only thing that he could have done to win, to, to do better in that game, is throwing for like maybe like 80 touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, probably would have won. Yeah, no, I mean, if they, if they capitalized on those red zone yeah. trips, they would have won, but mm-hmm. our defense. Uh, as terrible as it was, you know, with it was as much bend, space. Break. It was weirdly just bend, don't break that game. I'm not, we had, had our rough spots, but when it really mattered in crunch time, you saw some big-time players make big-time plays. And you know, it happens time and time again. John, um, excuse not John Atkins from the Memphis Showboats, excuse me, but uh, Aleem McNeil. Uh, he made a oh, yeah, kind of same kind of same uh, body I, tape. Yeah, no, he. I, I, lo- I can't wait for the UFL season, bro. I'm, I'm actually so hyped, but... In terms of um, g- getting into like the pressure that we were able to create in the red zone, I also feel like with the leader, like th- with the late- least amount of space available for our our defensive backs, like they're better. Mm-hmm. Like they're better within like the twenty yard line with the least amount of space possible. Like once you get into the red zone, it's it's weird. It's like not only Aaron Glenn calls the perfect plays, but mm-hmm. Even Cam Sutton, you know, creating that yeah. pressure on Cooper Cup. So, you know, Matthew Stafford had to throw that fade away a little too far. No touchdown. Forced a field goal. Yeah. Which, that's what honestly created that one-point separation. One team got got the... Um, the little details right. The little details right. But also, one team got field goals and one team got touchdowns. And the Lions had three 75-yard drives that led to touchdowns in the first half. And don't get me wrong, the Rams adjusted and pretty much held our offense to only a field goal in the second half. But we, you look at the last play. You look at the second and nine. Throw to Amon Rada in the game. They put the ball in Jared Goff's hands and threw when normally teams are running the clock out. Running the ball. Mm-hmm. We have that aggression. We have Ben Johnson. And I really hope that... I really hope, like, just for the sake of this culture build, that's mm-hmm. still going to take a few more years... To rid the sour taste of the shitty same old lions out of the, like out of everyone's mouth, we need Ben Johnson to be like an Eric Bieniemy. I was just about to say like Eric Bieniemy. Stay with Goff, get success, be that guy to Dan Campbell. Stay with Detroit. You know Stay I mean? with Detroit, but also in Detroit he'll only ever be Robin. He'll never be Batman. Yeah. No. Agreed. He won't. As far as like he will only have as much control as the offense. Yeah. You know he'll he won't be able to implement his entire own system, but. Maybe that's not what Ben Johnson wants. We don't know the guy. Mm-hmm. He stayed this year after getting job offers. Alpha, excuse me, job offers last year, and he said, "I'm staying because of Jared Goff." And I believe some of the offers would have made him like the highest paid coach in the NFL yeah. history. He's demanding. He was demanding 15 million a year. 
mm. which is college football money. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like if he really wants to maybe be a part of something potentially really special, like CJ Gardner Johnson said earlier today, this team is going to be good for years to come, in competition for years to come, and that's what mm. they need to do in Detroit so that yeah. they can create a whole new pendulum swing of, into like a successful direction. Yeah. Not being shit. Not the Joey Harrington days. Not the yeah. Dan Orlovsky or the Jay or the Matt Kitna days. Like enough, enough. Like Scott Mitchell. Scott Mitchell was a legend. You know, a lefty from Miami. But you know, you, you don't you don't want that. You, mm-hmm. you want Jared Goff. You want Jameer Gibbs. You want David Montgomery. You want what we have, and you want to keep it going. And the biggest way to do it, and you know, shout out to Logan for saying this to me, because like. Before the year, I was you know skeptical on this even being a Super Bowl caliber team. After watching the Rams game, I think it is. But like I would have just been content with one win. But yeah. I don't want to go home in this game against the Bucks. Why yeah. would I? You know, I, this is a winnable, such a winnable game. It's such a winnable game, but it's also going to be, in my opinion, another game just like the one we played. And is it going to come down to turnovers? I believe so. But it's also another game of the fucking storylines, and this is a great segue. Two beer-drinking quarterbacks. Two beer-drinking former first-round picks discarded by their first team, thrown in the trash, ready to make rights and, by and wrongs. Low-key, check the tape. Okay, go back. Go back, way back when we were doing our, our NFL, our NFL uh, episodes, back when we were on the, the, the fucking phone with fighting words. You know what I mean? Before we were on Apple Podcasts or anything like that, we were talking about... Uh, we were talking about my fucking, uh, oh, fuck, what were we, talk- were we talking about? The Bucks? No, 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 we were talking about the Panthers and Baker Mayfield. Oh, and I yeah, I was talking yeah. about how I love Baker Mayfield, and that he's a good player, and that he's going to revive his career in, in, in Carolina, and the complete opposite happened. He revived his career in Tampa, and I never lost faith in Baker. Yeah. So many people did. I I wanna, you know, have a little interjection and take a little take a little credit for that. I definitely mm-hmm. lost faith in Baker and I will definitely eat my words. I wanted Trask, but seeing what Baker's done, especially in clutch time, bringing that cockiness back to his game, bringing that kind of energy to the field. Baker's that big dick energy. That's what Baker is. I mean, when he plays with the swagger and the confidence, I mean, that's literally what you're going to get. You're going to get big plays. You're going to get gunslinging kind of potential. Mm. And you're going to get, you know, I'm not saying he's like Favre, but you're going to get a guy that has the arm talent that can get it down there. He's very underrated, but I don't think he's underrated when it comes to when you play him on the football field. People still know this guy's a former first overall NFL selection in the draft. Nobody gives him that credit, though. No one gives him that credit because of what happened the past four years. But at the end of the day, if he's able to, you know, I mean, he's already done enough. I mean, he really has. But at the end of the day... I want him to lose to Detroit, but we can get into that game real quick. I do believe it is going to be another defensive kind of game, um, but it will come down to which team can get their run game going and control the clock because both teams like to do that. Both guys, Todd Bowles and Dan Campbell, are a little defensive-oriented but also aggressive uh, when it comes to Todd Bowles' blitz packages and then Dan Campbell saying, fuck it, go for it on fourth. Mm. You know, They're both aggressive in their own ways. It's going to come down to who fucks up, which quarterback throws a pick, who fumbles the ball, and potentially special teams as well. I know it's in the Dome. There's not really any actual setting factors that could fuck up kicking or anything, but you know maybe a, a, a botched punt or uh, you know a blocked field goal or something. I feel like something like that could happen in this game. It could get gritty. 
uh, as we know the Lions to kind of have mastered that. I mean, they kind of put all the terrible years and, you know, the mockery years, the years they got fucked by the refs or they were just straight up shit on their shoulders. And they play with that every time they go for a hit, every time they go for a block, every time... I mean, just thinking back of the last time these two teams played, I think about Craig Reynolds' huge block on Carlton Davis to set up yeah. that Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think of JMO with that amazing adjustment for catch yeah. over Carlton Davis, who had a horrible game against the Lions. That was in Tampa. Yeah. Now, in front of the ta- uh, in front of the Lions' home crowd, with weapons that didn't play in that first matchup, like Jameer Gibbs, like C.J. Mm-hmm. Gardner-Johnson, like James Houston, who's coming back. I mean, I'm excited. I- I'm excited because we're finally going to be like 100% against this team. And don't get me wrong, they got hot right. You know, their defense looked really good mm-hmm. against the Philadelphia Eagles. But you also have to realize the Eagles collapsed in yeah. their last eight weeks. So, I mean, it's really like, okay, were the Eagles even supposed to be here? Or were there, the Bucks just that good? There wasn't bad quarterback play in that game, though. No, Jalen Hurts was safe with the ball. But, I mean, getting into the pressures that they were able to create over a really good O-line... Yeah. Yeah. That's a little concerning because we just notated the fact that Jared Goff was 21 of 21 when he's not pressured. He's damn near perfect. Um, and it's you know it's pretty special to see a quarterback actually be able to dissect a defense using his mind. I mean, Jared Goff, when he has a clean pocket, the play-action pass is disgusting. Josh Reynolds, Amon Ra, and Jamo will eat. I don't know if Khalif Raymond's coming back, but... I do believe that JMO will have a good game over Carlton Davis because if you don't run a 4-2 flat as a corner, back the fuck up on JMO. I say that every time I talk about him. Back the fuck up. He will blow the top off yeah. the defense for sure. Have to get, get some safety help on that always. And Anton Winfield Jr. had an all-pro season, so that's a guy I'm worried about. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day... Yeah, all-pro? Yeah, but he didn't get Pro Bowl. I don't know if he deserved it. No, he had some bad weeks, but he put up really good statistical numbers, so i got to give him credit for that. He got some good picks, forced fumbles, as well as pass blocks. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he had a way better year than Buda Baker, but Buda Baker got the Pro Bowl. I don't know how Antoine yeah. Winfield didn't. Because the Pro Bowl is a popularity contest. True. But at the same time, it's like it used to be a meaningful accolade. Now it's just kind of a Twitter vote. So I'd rather have the All-Pro instead of the Pro Bowl any day. But it's just like you're winning Best Director, but your actor doesn't win Best, best Actor, yeah. you know? It doesn't make sense how you win one without the other. Um, except, obviously, if you just win a Pro Bowl. I get it if you don't get All-Pro. But if you get All-Pro, you should have the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, but I guess moving forward into uh, your thoughts on this upcoming game between the Lions and the Buccaneers at Ford Field this upcoming weekend for the divisional round of the 2023 NFL season. Kind of just, yeah, you made it all out there. Yeah, I did. Said yeah, I'm every, getting pretty good at that. Said every fucking word. Getting pretty um, good at that. I, I don't know. I think... I, I say we come in at least to start heavy, and then the momentum kind of starts to break down, and the Bucks start to you know come back a little bit. I still do think we we win this this game you know, ten to fourteen points clear, but uh, definitely we. So we they cover least, the spread. They cover the six point spread. At least two possessions. Really. At least win by two possessions. That's that's, that's okay. my my prediction. I don't know if they're gonna be able to handle that big time pressure. In Ford Field, it's gonna be a hell of a game. I know that, and I I'm think expecting a heavy run game from the Lions. Absolutely, but like you brought up a great point, and just let me know your thoughts on this. But I think Ford Field has cemented a, like a place on the map yeah. when it comes to home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like like Arrowhead esque. You hear about the, After, the decibel, the, the decibel rating? It, it was, was like the fourth highest, or the fourth loudest stadium in NFL history. 
But the other day. you know how many people tuned into the TV game on like TV? 35 million? 35.8 million people. The game will never... The last be, Super Bowl? People will never forget that game. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. But mm-hmm. you're right, though. Like, the, the loudness of the crowd. I yeah. mean, it could fuck up the tempo of an offense, mm-hmm. the cadence, whatever. Um, and, you know, Tampa's going to have to adjust to that because the last time they faced this team was in Tampa. Yeah. In a kind of a rainy, murky game, which they lost by 10 points, I believe. I think it was 20 to 10 or 20 yeah. to 13. Um, and that's an open dome. Yeah, it was open dome. And people say Goff can't play on the road and he can't, you know, throw. Yeah, in the elements. Yeah, but he can. I mean, he's, dude, he threw for the most yards in, um, against the Packers. Against the Packers. But also, no, there was a game against Carolina, the coldest game ever last year. And he threw for over 350 passing yards. Three t- They lost the game, but mm. he, he not because of him. Yeah. Um, it, it's just interesting well, to... That game was so horrible. I know. Dante oh Foreman got off, bro. Jesus. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm expecting a closer game than two possessions. Yeah. Um, I agree that it could happen. The, the Lions... There's a, there's two sides to this coin, in my opinion. And each side has the Lions winning this game. But the first side is the Lions go out there and just utterly dominate. Baker falls flat, which we've seen before. Mm-hmm. You can't say that you haven't. Yeah. He is thrown into triple coverage. He's... You know, he gets too emotional. Yeah. The, this, the pressure, the sacks. Don't get me wrong. Goff can do the same thing, but Goff every makes... Quarterback does every it. quarterback does it. But, you know, when it comes to this game in particular, when I'm talking about both quarterbacks, I think one quarterback is a little safer with the ball. Oh, yeah. yeah and that's Jared Goff. Say that. yeah. um, but when it comes to who is going to take more chances... As an offense, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the Bucks with yeah. Mike Evans. They got a 50-50 yeah. ball guy in Mike Evans. They got Chris mm-hmm. Godwin in the slot. They got Trey Palmer. They got uh, David Moore. They got guys. Trey Don't Palmer was eating against the, the the Eagles last week. I mean that was that was you know partially contributed to the fact that the Eagles just didn't want to tackle last week. But uh, I think it'll be a little bit different with the with the Lions. But I don't think it's gonna be a hell of a lot better. Matchup wise, we're gonna have to run man across the board. I, I do think you, you drop uh, some of your inside guys into that kind of that wandering zone because you know, that, that looping, you know, that they like to loop routes. The Buccaneers, they love they always love to do that shit to confuse the DBs. And uh, you're know, expecting a lot of the you know, the sticks. You have to cover the sticks when you're, when you're, when you're with the... Uh, Which I trust Kirby Joseph with that role because he's Kirby done Joseph that. Kirby Joseph with CJ. No, okay. but Kirby Joseph in particular, he's a yeah. ball hawk. You see him, you see him come in... You know, and jump a route, make yeah. that acrobatic interception. And am I counting on that this game? Absolutely. I'd love a turnover. We've also seen him get cooked uh, by a tight end. No, yeah, we we trust me. Our defensive backfield. CJ Uzama. Besides Brian Branch and CJ Gardner Johnson, everywhere else is genuinely a liability because the fact that Jerry Jacobs is not a part of the team anymore, sadly. Um, yeah, he Better. they cut him. Oh yeah, um, a couple weeks back to to create yeah. roster spots, but it was for the best. Should cut Sutton. We should have cut Sutton, but we did give him that deal, so that that hurt. But the fact that we haven't gotten to see Emmanuel Mosley, he tore his ACL again in his debut. You know, in the four year deal that we gave him, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, it's it, it hurts. But like when we get him back next year, mm. I, I want him to be that that cornerback one. We need to draft some good defensive pieces. No, we need a, we need to draft two corners at least, at least in this draft. Yeah, at there's, least. There's some Alabama kids I like right now. Uh, I don't think the one that everyone likes is going to be there for the Lions. Uh, his name is Kool Aid. Kool Aid mm. McIntyre. 
He's that sounds like a lion right there. Maybe the lions make a play and get up there and grab never, someone. Yeah, like you, know, you never know with Brad Holmes. You never yeah. know what pick we're going to have. Because, don't get me wrong, like the one area that Brad Holmes, in my personal opinion, does lack is free agency. Mm. But that's okay. Yeah. I mean, because you have to realize that Detroit is not a paradise organization. Mm-hmm. Convincing guys in the in the offseason or free agency to sign with Detroit. Now it'll be a lot easier. It's going to be a lot easier because the team's good, but it's just one of those things where it's also locational, Michi- Michigan with the state taxes. Guys were really going to prefer to go elsewhere. Yeah. But um, but now with the culture that we have there, the coaches that I we agree. have there, I believe we're, I mean, in my opinion, we're a destination. I, I would I would hope so, and I hope that we see some good off-season moves and maybe some offloads of Cam Sutton. I think I've seen enough of him, um, and, and we definitely need Vildor to not be our starter. Uh, he was a practice squad guy for the Chiefs and then the Giants, and then like six weeks ago he gets the elevation when Will Harris goes down he and gets a sack or some shit. No, he gets he, he had a good game against the Packers, yeah. um, but it was genuinely downhill since then. Um, but I just really hope that in this game we can actually create turnovers. Uh, I, I have no question in my mind we're going to get home, we're going to get pressure. Tristan Wirfs is going to be a problem, but Aiden Hutchinson, he has the motor. Aline McNeil, John Kaminsky, um, Jones, a, a B. Jones. I, I, I always called him Burrito Jones, but I know his name's like Bredrick Jones or something. Well, Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones or something like that, but he's a beast. He's a big boy. Um, and then obviously Josh Pascal, he's been playing well. Uh, and then with the addition back of James Houston, I hope we can dial up some blitzes again. Uh, but you're right, though. We need to drop our linebackers into coverage. We need David Barnes out there. He's probably our best coverage linebacker besides Jack mm. Campbell. Um, Anzalone Derek in coverage. Oh, uh, yeah, Derek Barnes, yeah. Uh, I, sorry, Derek Barnes, excuse it's me. He's fucking right. Um, <laughs> but he is probably our best coverage linebacker because Anzalone in coverage is low-key a liability. He's a great run stopper. A decent tackler when it's downhill, mm-hmm. but when it's sideline to sideline, he does, you know, kind of not have that speed. Yeah, he, he, he yeah, it's, it's a middle linebacker. Some you can, some you can expect. Kind of like uh, Levante David. Facts, but at the end of the day, like, it's gonna come down to who do you trust more as a coach, a quarterback, and maybe even the DC. Todd Bowles is a great defensive play caller. He, he really is. Like at the end of the day, he will be remembered for that, but. It comes down to the fact that which team just played a harder opponent. Yeah, I believe it was the Lions. Uh, I yeah. think that they had the more difficult opponent with the Rams because the Rams were actually playing like they wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I got to go with the Lions. As I said, I, I didn't say the other side of that coin. The Lions could easily dominate this team and just pull out with a lead. Mm-hmm. Or on the other side of that coin where the Lions still win the game, I think that's the more likely side where it's close. 27-20. to 20. 27 to 23. Um, I think that they, they. I don't think they'll cover the spread. Six of six. I think actually they will by just like maybe six or maybe a touchdown. Mm. So if you're betting, probably don't bet on this game because it's kind of like, eh. I don't know which way it'll go, but um, no. I mean, I, I have more faith in the Lions because I think I feel like that. I don't know. It's something about their season. It feels like their year, but the underdogs of the Bucks. I mean. You can't count them out. This is going to be a tough game. I, this is going to be a tough game. It's another one of those games like it was last week. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems like the Lions are going to go in there and walk you walk on their opponents. But but you have that that wild card. You know what I mean? Like 
the the Rams are a wild card. You never know what they're gonna do. The Bucks, they're a wild card. You never know what they're gonna do. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that they were the Lions were only three point favorites, home field advantage mm-hmm. last week, and no one picked them in the national. No one picked them. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was picking the Rams because people still associate the Detroit Lions with the old Detroit. Yeah. So I'm gonna see a lot of Buccaneers picks because. I'm already seeing it. I was watching some national media the day after the game. People were hyping up. Obviously, what a great performance Baker did, but they were undermining the Lions a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, I see where this is going to trend in the media. They're going to try and get people to bet on the Bucks. You gotta love being the the villain, though. You know what I mean? You do gotta love being the villain, but at the end of the day, I just don't think that people are taking into account that this is not the same old Lions. This is a team that's actually, they know what they have to do. They just won their first playoff game in 30 years. They can't give it up. Yeah. You got you to gotta keep going. You got to get to San Francisco. In, in, in dream scenario, mm-hmm. dream scenario, Green Bay comes to Ford for the NFC Championship. That would be three Ford playoff games back to back to back would three be historic. Sh- scary games. Scary no games. Who we play, whether it's the... The, the, the 49ers or the Packers. No, don't, scary game. don't get me wrong. Both teams are incredibly scary, but in terms of riding out the Ford Field yeah. home advantage, yeah. you want the lesser seed. Despite if they're better than the team yeah. that they're playing right now, mm-hmm. I think both teams are genuinely equal. I could see the upset with Green Bay. I really could. Yeah, I really could yeah. see Green Bay winning this game mm-hmm, against San definitely. Francisco. And we'll have that conversation on the YouTube uh, wild card. Uh, recap and obviously giving our predictions in that episode on the YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. But um, in terms of like this game against the Bucks, I, th- I think the Lions got this. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be gritty, but I, I think it'll be like twenty-seven to twenty-three. Type shit. What's your score prediction? Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go twenty to ten. Twenty to ten. So mm-hmm. kind of the same as last meeting. Yeah. Okay, I respect it. But everyone out there, we really appreciate. Was it, was it exactly twenty to ten last? I I think it was like twenty to ten. Right, let me change it then. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep it the same kind of ten point range and just go fourteen to twenty four. Okay, okay, I respect it. Um, but everyone out there, if you like the Lions coverage or just NFL coverage in general, check out all of our social media accounts uh, at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Threads, pretty much everywhere, as well as the YouTube. Uh, we greatly appreciate it, all the support as well, um, especially if you're listening out there and listen through this whole episode or ever, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, just know that the fact that the Lions won against the LA Rams was historic, legendary, and definitely a roller coaster of a game to watch. Hopefully you were able to catch it. If not, watch the highlights or enjoy our coverage of it. But this is Trevor and Caden with Tea Time Reports, and we're signing off. Take care, Hell everyone. Yeah. Hell yeah.